All right, welcome back to Formate Arbitration. Uh, today's going to be a very quick episode. I know I say that a lot of times, and it ends up being two hours, but I, I'm working on an arbitration. This is arbitration week, so anybody that knows me knows that I shut down during arbitration week. Uh, I don't ever want to be out prepared by management during arbitration. So far, I've not done that, and this week's not going to be any exception. So, uh, But I wanted to get on here do a quick episode about something that's come up. Uh, we're going to talk about it, and then we'll get off of here, all right? A lot of stuff going on on social media, and a lot of people sending me things about these TV screens that are put up in these offices across the country with this route data put on them. And a lot of things being said, can we grieve it? What would we grieve? Some people even said, I don't see a grievance. <laughs> I'm not like that. Look, I'm going to grieve everything that management does. Anything that they do, I'm grieving it. Win or lose, I'm going to grieve it. And, and when you say, you know, I don't see anything wrong with them putting up route data, when we are conditioned, like management has done us, with this hour office time, they have conditioned us across this country with that so far, so much so that even people in the union have accepted it. When they condition us about stationary events, we can use this uh, scanner data to, to watch y'all do these stationary events. A lot of the people in this country, as far as the union are concerned, have given into that and won't even fight it. These parameters that now they're saying are standards, you know, you see TRAPs are already uh, accepting that. So they conditioned us. Anytime that they do something like this is to condition us. So I'm always going to grieve it. I'll always grieve it. Um, cause fuck management. I don't want them to do anything. I don't want them to get anything over on my people. If I can help it. Uh, if we grieve it and lose it, who cares? They're already doing it. You're not going to lose anything. If, if you lose it, B team says they can do it. Okay. They're, they're doing it anyway. If we win it, it's another foot in their ass as far as quit fucking with us. And that's how I feel about these things. Whenever we grieve things, whenever I say grieve everything, anything that management does, grieve it. If we lose, we don't lose anything, okay? So, but I'm going to grieve everything that these sorry, low-down motherfuckers do. Uh, I just saw somebody post on social media, an anonymous poster saying, hey, management's watching these Facebook posts. Be careful. You know, fuck management. You know, that's how I feel. Uh, I had somebody again message me this week. Hey, they're listening to your podcast. Good. Fuck those motherfuckers. Uh, they're the most dishonest, unethical, lying, cheating individuals I've ever seen in my life. I told you, I trusted the inmates more than I trust management. Management will do anything that they can to lie on you, to cheat you, to steal from you, to fire you. No matter what it is, they will do it. So fuck them. I'm going to do everything I can to fuck them over through the grievance procedure. And that's just how I am. That's how I feel. A lot of people don't like me. I don't give a fuck. A lot of people don't like me running for business agent. Don't give a fuck about that either. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do. And if we need more of me to get up there to put our foot in the union's ass to do something uh, better or something more for the letter care, so be it. Then we'll go up there and do that. Uh, but this is just another thing of management trying to fuck us over with these TV screens. Okay, so we're going to grieve it. Uh, what's happened is on Discord, there was a group of carriers. I told you Discord's live now. Those people is 24-7 on Discord. 
So we had a group of people get together and make a grievance starter for this. And it's very good. And uh, Jeremy's going to put it up on formatearbitration.com. So when you get on formatearbitration.com, look up this episode. Obviously, it'll be the last one on there. And he'll have this grievance starter for you, prompt it, and then you can use this, okay, to fight these TV screens being put up that are fucking with us with this route data, okay? So get on there and get this grievance starter. Now, the people who did it, now their screen names are Pura, Nixie Knox, Tim Fisher, John, and Cole Billups. They got together and made this grievance starter, okay? So kudos to them for doing that. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read the grievance starter, okay? I'm just going to read it. I could just say just go there and look at it, then my episode will be five minutes. <laughs> so I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to read an arbitration site that Paul Bolanger, uh, when somebody was asking questions about this, he said, hey, look up this site. So that's what I did. <laughs> I looked it up. So I pulled it up, and Jeremy's going to put this on from 8arbitration.com as well on this episode. And it's 28556A and B, 28556A and B, and it's from Peter Clark. Uh, and I'll read that in just a second. But Paul Bolander said, hey, somebody get on there and look this up, and it'll help you. So that's what I did. And so that's good stuff coming out this week as far as these TV screens and the data put on them, okay? And so... I'm going to read this grievance starter to you, and and you can request more stuff if you need to, if you can think of something, if you get with your uh, president or who formal A and you can think of other things to request, do that. If you send it to me, I'll read it on air, okay? But this is the grievance starter for management putting up those TV screens with our route data, showing package deliveries, what, who's still in the office, who's out of the office. We're going to grieve that, okay? So here's the grievance starter. Uh, it says it's got a local grievance number that obviously will come from you suggested request for information list one who ordered the information to be put on the screens. That's critical. Cause when I read this arbitration decision, you're going to see where management is kind of kicking the can down the road. They're putting it off on somebody else who ordered the information to be put up on the screens. Chances are local management is completely oblivious. And this came from higher up. Knowing who ordered the information to be made public can make them a target for one of the remedies. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, JB is dealing with the uh, our office time in our installation. It's finally come here. And he is firing management's ass up. And so he wrote, gave the steward a list of things to request. And the steward said, I want to know who told you to implement this our office time that came from higher up. Give me the name of the higher up. Well, hang on just a second. They never gave us the name of the higher up. They ended up saying, we just did it. So they're trying to save their boss by doing that. Their boss is, is telling them something to do that they know is unethical. It's a metric that they've just pulled out of their ass. So to, so to save their boss, they're saying, I, we did it ourselves. <laughs> so We know it came from the AVP because those dumb fucks came out with that thing talking about the metrics. So anyway... Uh, knowing who ordered the information we put to made public can make them a target for one of the remedies. Two, what is the contractual provision, memorandum of understanding or MOU, postal policy, ELM provision, and or memo that allows this information to be posted publicly? That's a great request because it's going to put management's position on record. 
and they can't change that. Once that position is on record, once you request that and that position is on record, when I was questioning the cross-examining the district manager, the very first question I asked put her answer on the record. This is what you looked at. It cannot change from here on out. That's what you looked at. The record is set. That's what this is here. It's getting the record set. I'll read it again. What is the contractual provision, memorandum of understanding, postal policy, ELM provision, and or memo that allows this information to be posted publicly? This is a broad request, as it should be. They also might not give you anything, as there should be no reason that information should be broadcast like that. Three. Please provide any and all emails ordering the screens to be put in, as well as any and all emails concerning the information being put up on the screens. Another very good one. Any information you can get about these screens being put up is useful. Furthermore, if you get an email saying something to the effect of to improve performance in the office or to aid in hitting delivery metrics, that can be used to show a violation of M1242. The joint statement on violence behavior in the workplace, making the numbers is no excuse. Okay. Four, route carrier daily performance analysis report for dates. Got a date range. These reports show the DOS projections as well as when the carrier returned and the variance between the two. When combined with pictures on the slides of the TVs, these should match or be very, very close. Close enough to show that management is using the JOAS projections to show how much a carrier is over under on the TVs. Now, this arbitration site is going hand in hand with this. When I read it, you're going to see this is hand in hand with the information that they're requesting right here. Okay. Goes on. Suggested request to interview list. One, the city carriers whose routes are being put up on the screens. When filing a grievance concerning disrespect, you need to show who is being disrespected. This can be done through a statement alternatively. Two, local management. Find out if management knows why this data is being published or if they have been cut out of the loop. Three, higher level management. In the event local management has been put cut out of the loop, start interviewing those responsible. You won't know who it is until they give you your requested information. Number one and three on the request for information list. Suggested interview questions for management. One, has performance data for city letter carriers been posted in a public place, such as on a television screen? Two, what is the benefit to a city letter carrier for other carriers to know others' performance data? Great question. Three, from what contractual article, handbook provision, MOU, or postal policy is the accepted method to publicly post city letter carrier performance data? Four, non-postal employees ever come into the office and enter the workroom floor? It's got a bullet point. In my office, we have non-postal employees who pick up packages for the university, drop off five-gallon jugs of water, refill the snack machines, etc. They have to come on the workroom floor to do this. Where, if such data were put on a television screen, non-postal employees would be able to see the restricted information. Five, what does restricted information mean? Because that's on these screens, right? When you see all these pictures of these screens, it says on the bottom, restricted information. So it says, what does restricted information mean? Six, are craft employees such as city letter carriers meant to view restricted information? 
Very good question. If it's restricted, who is limited to see that? It's got to be restricted for somebody, right? Seven, are non-postal employees meant to view restricted information? Getting in their ass. Eight, what is the benefit to management to publicly post that information when they have the data at their fingertips? Nine, how does management think this promotes an atmosphere of mutual respect? Ten, are any performance data from managers publicly posted? Very good. Are any performance data from managers publicly posted? Eleven, have you ever had your deficiencies discussed in a public forum, such as in a meeting? Twelve, would you feel respected if your deficiency were discussed in public? Thirteen, have you ever had your deficiency publicly posted? Fourteen, would you feel respected if your deficiencies were publicly posted? It's got another thing. Suggested interview questions for carriers. One, what stand-up talk or other explanation did you receive when management at, it's got a thing, station began publicly posting your information? Two, did any manager talk to you about your performance? Three, was any of this performance data about you posted in a negative light? Four, do you provide a PS form 3996 to a supervisor when you think you'll be over eight hours on the route? Five, who has spoken to you about any deviation in the time you actually took to complete your route and the expected time? Six, has your route information been publicly posted? Seven, how do you feel about your route being publicly posted? Eight, does publicly posting your route make you feel that you and your privacy are respected? Nine, do non-postal employees ever come into the office and enter the workroom floor? And it has this as a little caveat. Think of anyone. Does anyone come to refill snack drink machines? Do any customers come into the workroom area to retrieve large qualities of mail? Do any family members enter the work area for retirement parties? Issue statement. Here's your issue statement. Block 15 of PS Form 8190. Did management violate Articles 15.3a, M853 via Article 15 of the National Agreement? And Section 115.4 of the M39 Handbook via Article 19 of the National Agreement when they publicly displayed carrier route performance data, including, but not limited to, leaving and returning data. If so, what is the appropriate remedy? It's got Unions, Facts, and Contentions, Block 17 of PS Form 8190. Facts, ELM 370 states in part, Postal service employees are expected to conduct themselves in a manner that reflects favorably upon the organization and perform their duties in the most efficient manner. Both the supervisor and employee have a mutual responsibility to achieve these goals. EL 312, Section 584.53 states in part, Discussion, training, and counseling can correct most deficiencies. The manager makes additional formal evaluations only when informal evaluations are unsuccessful and only after employees understand their deficiencies and have had a reasonable opportunity to correct them. Article 16.2 of the National Agreement states in part, For minor offenses by an employee, management has a responsibility to discuss such matters with the employee. Discussions of this type shall be held in private between the employee and the supervisor. Not on a TV screen. M39 Handbook Section 115.4 states, The National Agreement sets out the basic rules and rights governing management and employees in their dealings with each other. 
but it is the frontline manager who controls management's attempt to maintain an atmosphere between employer and the employee, which assures mutual respect for each other's rights and responsibilities. M853 states in part, the issue in this grievance involves requirement of carriers to record their daily leaving and return times on a tablet placed on the carrier cases. It was mutually agreed that the following would represent a full settlement of this case. Such leaving and return time notations are inappropriate and will be discontinued. Article 34A of the National Agreement states, The principle of a fair day's work for a fair day's pay is recognized by all parties to this agreement. Article 15.3A of the National Agreement states, The parties expect that good faith observance by the respective representatives of the principles and procedures set forth above will result in resolution of substantially all grievances initiated hereunder at the lowest possible step and recognize their obligation to achieve that end. Contentions. M853 was signed in 1983 and prohibits publicly posting leaving and return times at carrier cases. The informed facility screens are posted in the area of carrier's cases and contain notations of carrier's leaving and returning times. This information is displayed on a large television near the supervisor's desk. Management is publicly posting by route whether the carrier is late, on time, or early. This is also done on the screen that displays what carriers are on office time and what carriers are on street time. The screens also include information about parcel delivery and end-of-day non-delivery of parcels. Exhibits, and it's got a line for you there, are pictures of their relevant screens. So all these screens y'all see on social media, screenshot those and put them in your file. The screens all only show if they're putting the screens up in your station now. If they're not doing it, don't grieve. Obviously, don't file a grievance if they're not doing it. If they're doing it in your station. The screens also only show, however, city routes. They do not show all city routes. They do not show any rural routes. They do not show any performance data of clerks, mail handlers, or custodians. They do not show any performance data of supervisor or other managers. That's a great contention right there. That's a fantastic contention. By publicly displaying carrier's route performance data, including leaving and return times, Management has violated M853 via Article 15 of the National Agreement. The National Party settled this issue in 1983 when M853 was signed and management is failing to comply with the signed grievance settlement. This failure on management's part falls far below the good faith observance expected by the parties in Article 15.3a of the National Agreement. In 2002, then-Postmaster General Patrick Donahoe distributed a letter regarding arbitration award compliance with states in part, and that's 1517, if y'all heard us talk about that. Compliance with arbitration awards and grievance settlements is not optional. No manager or supervisor has the authority to ignore or override an arbitrator's award or assign grievance settlement. Steps to comply with arbitration award and grievance settlements should be taken in a timely manner to avoid the perception of non-compliance, and those steps should be documented. Exhibits, and it's got a line for you there, are statements, interviews of city letter carriers whose performance data has been posted. These carriers state that no stand-up talk was provided or any other explanation before this program was implemented. 
These carriers state that having their performance data publicly posted seems like an intimidation tactic or a shaming tactic. They have felt no benefit from having their performance data publicly posted. They have felt, felt singled out because not all carriers have had their performance data posted. The interview statements evidence the fact that management has not fostered an atmosphere of mutual respect, instead undermining the atmosphere of mutual respect through publicly identifying carriers' performance data. Local management claims that they have no control over the public posting of performance data in their own office, but they are responsible for the work environment in their office. That is what M39 Handbook for Supervisors and Managers states in 115.4. The frontline manager has that obligation. Local management already has access to all this data via either DOS or TAX. If management wants to devise a tool to organize this data for the use of managers, they can and should do so without publicly posting that data. The leaving returning data is also disturbing in the clear con connotation of deficiency from late being in red and the clear connotation of it being good to be early both in leaving and returning from the green color of those graphics. This is outside the spirit and principle of a fair day's work for a fair day's pay found in article 34. Management is using the TV slides as an intentional tool to publicly shame employees. The union contends that publicly posting carrier performance information is disrespectful and in violation of M39 section 115.4. On top of the violation of M853, management has responsibilities in regard to carrier performance, including those enumerated in the M39 handbook 115.3. The union contends there is a reason for Article 16.2 job discussions to be held off the workroom floor. Carrier performance is to be discussed in private, not in public. Article 16.2 discussions are not disciplined. The private nature of carrier performance is mandated in Article 16.2. Remedy, Block 19 of PS Form 8190. 1. Management will cease and desist violating Article 15. 2. Management will cease and desist from violating previous national level grievance settlement H1N5KC6754 noted as M853 in the instant grievance. Management will cease and desist from violating Article 19. Management will cease and desist violating Section 115.4 of the M39 Handbook. Management shall cease and desist from publicly displaying any information that concerns carrier performance. Six, this decision will be precedent setting and citable in the blank installation. Seven, future violations of the same nature will result in an escalated monetary remedy to ensure future compliance. So there's your grievance starter, and it's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. They hit all the nails on the head on that one. That is what I was telling y'all the business agents should be doing. That's what business agents should be doing. They should have gotten their collective heads together and said, hey, y'all dealing with these TV screens? Not yet. We are. Let's get a grievance started so we can disseminate those across the country. So if it happens, y'all got it in your hands immediately and you can grieve it. Hell, we had to get somebody from Discord, a group of Discord people to get together to do that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Those minds on there are brilliant. They're, they're always on there talking shop. But I'm saying the people who get paid to do it aren't doing shit. People on Discord are just on there to help people. That's why I tell all y'all to get on Discord and Reddit. 
But these guys are just on there to, to help. Business agents get paid an astronomical amount of money and don't do shit. That's why I keep telling y'all, when things come up in y'all's region, tell everybody so that y'all get y'all's heads together and say, let's get a grievance starter for this, like the one-hour office time, the stationary events, this, in, this load time of 22 minutes. Y'all don't do shit. Nothing. Like I said, it's 15 different unions. Y'all sit up there, all y'all sit up there with your fucking thumbs up your ass. We got people on Discord doing more than y'all are doing. But y'all get home from 8arbitration.com and get that off of there. And there's you a fantastic grievance starter by some fantastic individuals on Discord. There you have it. Less than a week. Grievance starter for you. Bam. Goes out nationwide on from8arbitration.com. A grievance starter for the entire nation on from8arbitration.com based off of some individuals on Discord who decided to get on there and say, hey, we're not going to take this shit. This would be a good place for a fucking union, man, I'm telling you. The letter care craft would be a good place to have a union take over and fight for us. We ought to think about that. A new leadership one. I don't know. Yeah, who am I? Here's this arbitration site. I'm going to read it and I'm going to get off of here because I'm busy. It's arbitration 28556 A and B, 28556 A and B. Jeremy will have this up for you on from 8 as well as that grievance start, okay? And it's from Peter Clark. And uh, it says the grievances are sustained. The Postal Service improperly utilized the Delivery Operations Information System, DOAS, figures to set the carrier's leave and return times in violation of the M39 handbook. In addition, the improper use of the DOAS figures created a hostile work environment for the carriers. This is going to go hand-in-hand hand with your grievance starter. Okay, listen to me now. Uh, it's got um, issues, whether the Postal Service violated the national agreement, including the applicable handbooks and manuals, by using DOAS records recordings to set carriers' daily office and street each morning. If so, what is the appropriate remedy? Two, whether a hostile work environment was created by the Postal Service's use of DOAS to set carriers' daily office and street time. If so, what is the appropriate remedy? It's got relevant contract provisions, Article 3C, Article 19, Section 115.2 of the M39 Handbook, Using People Effectively, um, Section 115.4 of the M39 Handbook, which we had. Section 122.21 of the M39 Handbook. Section 122.22 of the M39 Handbook. Section 122.23 of the M39 Handbook. Section 242.311 of the M39 Handbook. Section 242.321 of the M39 Handbook. Okay, so there's you some uh, contractual provisions if y'all want to tie those in with your grievance, all right? Relevant facts. On February 14, 2009, Supervisor Reese Davis posted a laminated placard at each carrier case. The placard had spaces to write in the number of letter pieces, flat pieces, and the expected leave and return times for the individual carrier. On February 17th of 2009, Supervisor Davis was questioned about why the placards are posted at the carrier's cases. That's similar to what y'all just heard on this information request, right? 
Supervisor Davis responded that the placards were only there to comply with a poom who may come by the facility and would want to see the placards displayed. Nothing further was discussed with the carriers at that time. On February 24th of 2009, before the carriers began tour, a supervisor, Davis, began walking around to each carrier's case and recording on the posted placard the piece count of, um, amount of letters and flats taken from the Delivery Operations Information System. The DOAS numbers were generated from the workload status report. The DOAS numbers were also recorded before all the mail was available for the carriers to case for their routes. In addition to recording the DOAS numbers, the supervisor began informing the carriers of their leave and return times based on the DOAS numbers. After receiving the DOAS numbers and their leave and return times, the carriers would then inform the supervisor if they needed any help to complete their route in the allotted eight-hour time period. If additional time was needed, a carrier auxiliary control form 3996 was filled out and the supervisor would either approve or disapprove the request. On March 10, 2009, a grievance was filed regarding the new manner in which postal management utilized the DOAS numbers and determined the carrier's leave and return times. The grievances went unresolved through the lower grievance levels and were appealed to arbitration to be heard by this duly appointed arbitrator. Uh, he's got the union's position. I'm not going to read that. It says, um, well, the DOAS is primarily used to set leave and return times. In the arbitrator's opinion, the sum of the testimony provided at the hearing indicated that beginning on February 24th to 2009, a shift occurred in the philosophy regarding how leave and return times are determined. What was once to the carriers a process whereby their experience and expertise were relied upon with management tools such as DPS mail counts became more of a rigid do-as-do-as-suggests directive. What was never explained strangely enough was why a change was needed at all. That's very good for, for what you're doing here. Why put up the TV screens? I believe they referred to that in their content in this uh, grievance starter. Why put them up in the first place? It's what he says. What was never explained, strangely enough, was why change was needed at all. Why do you need to do that? We have avenues what you can, where you can take care of these things. 16-2 discussions. You know, you can talk about my performance if I'm not, you know, if something's wrong with my performance. That's what he's saying. Why was the change needed at all? Absolutely no evidence was introduced about what prompted the change of the process beginning on February 24th of 2009. Perhaps some time of comparison of the carrier's leave and return times before February 24, 2009 and after would have shed light on the need for the change. Instead, what was presented at the arbitration hearing was more argument about why the Postal Service could use DOAS numbers, among other factors, to determine carrier's leave and return times. The arbitrator was simply left to speculate why the Postal Service believed the obvious reliance on the DOAS numbers after February 24, 2009 was justified. That said, the testimony by Supervisor Davis suggests the contrary to the M39 handbook and various grievance settlements contained in the record, the DOAS numbers are the primary, in some cases only, method of determining carries leaving or turn times in Shawnee. As much as he later tried to incorporate other factors in his consideration, Supervisor Davis made it abundantly clear that the DOAS numbers were first and foremost the determining factor for carries leave and return times. That's why it's critical to get them on the record when they're talking about these questions. Get them on the record. Here you got a, a supervisor getting an arbitration. 
trying to incorporate different things. He's trying to expound on his arguments at arbitration. Get them on the record beforehand. That way they can't do that. Their position cannot change. Okay, so get them on the record like this grievance starter talks about. Who did it? Why? So it's, you know, it's the common who, what, when, where, why. I answer all those things. Have them answered before this grievance goes to arbitration and nail management down to their position. Why did y'all start incorporating this? What changed where you needed to do this? Uh, all these things are great. Rather than being one of many factors, utilization of the dose numbers is the starting point and, unless proved otherwise, ending point. Supervisor Davis's account of his daily routine started with the workout workload status report, which compiled the DOS numbers into the carrier's projected office and street times, leave and return times. From that point, it was an uphill battle for a carrier to convince Supervisor Davis why the DOS numbers were not accurate or why a 3996 was needed. The testimony of carriers Whitehead, Young Wolf, and Newport revealed that the carrier is, for the most part, now left out of determining the carrier's own leave and return times. The new procedure employed at Shawnee does not mirror the M39 handbook, section 122.21 and 242.321, which sets out the manner in which leave and return are established. Those provisions provide the following, and he has those in there for you. Although section 122.21 does reference the utilization of workload data, it is only one of several factors for determining leave time. Therefore, the Postal Service violated the M39 handbooks and related settlement agreements by primarily using DOAS numbers to set carriers' leave and return time. Then there's another thing, whether the Postal Service created a hostile work environment. The union argues that Postal Service created a hostile work environment by using the DOAS numbers to set the carriers' leave and return times. 11 carriers out of 20 submitted written statements to express their feelings of harassment caused by the use of DOAS and the manner in which Supervisor Davis instructed them on their leave and return times. The statements expressed feelings that indicated Supervisor Davis badgered, argued with, and threatened carriers. A stand-up talk by P.M. Hansen, wherein the she threatened carriers with termination was also mentioned, but that situation was already the subject of grievance, subject of a grievance and thus is not into consideration. Section 115 of the M39 handbook states, it is the frontline manager who controls management's attempt to maintain an atmosphere between employers and employee which assured mutual respect for each other's rights and responsibilities. According to the union, the testimony of the three carriers and the statement in the record revealed that a hostile environment was created by postal management beginning on February 24, 2009. The Postal Service disagrees and cites to a grievance decided by arbitrator Eisenmenger involving similar claims by the union. In that grievance, the union claimed that a supervisor was verbally abusive towards letter carriers. Part of the complaints made by the carriers was that the supervisor berated them and talked to them as if they were lying when they requested a 3996. In all, nine of the approximate 27 carriers made complaints about the supervisor, six through live testimony, and three with written statements. Arbitrator Eisenminger did not find that the supervisor's behavior was disrespectful, lacked dignity to others, or was manifestly unfair. She added that, a carrier's supervisor, he had a responsibility to ensure the Form 3996 request rested on a sound basis. Therefore, it was not untoward for him to question carrier's basis for his or her estimate. That's obviously misspelled. The arbitrator believes the facts of this grievance are distinguishable from the cited grievance. First, 
The evidence seduced did paint Supervisor Davis in a negative light and could be considered hostile to some. The complaints made by the carriers who testified and the carriers who submitted written statements centered around the conflict between DOAS numbers and the previous manner in which their leave and return times were determined. In addition, the carriers are also complained about how their 3996 requests were handled, perceived heightened supervision, and feeling of a lack of trust. Read these things when you are getting your grievances together. Okay, read this decision over and over again. Pick out the pieces which Arbitrator Clark said these are the things that are important to him during his statements. When you have witness testimony, what was he looking for in the statements and what they were talking about? That's why I love arbitration sites, to get inside the arbitrator's mind. What are you looking at when you determine that they did violate Section 115.4? What was it that you wanted to see? And then we will adjust our statements accordingly, right? The other part is the manner in which Supervisor Davis and others have attempted to implement the new process. There is no doubt that people are creatures of habit and that when a profound change occurs, it is often met with resistance and animosity. In the instant grievance, had the arbitrator found that the Postal Service's use of the DOAS numbers did not violate the national agreement, most likely Supervisor Davis's behavior would be construed much like the supervisor's behavior was in a cited grievance decided by arbitrator Eisenmenger. However, by concluding that the Postal Service did violate the national agreement, the improper use of the DOAS numbers led to the resistance and animosity and ultimately created a hostile working environment for the carriers. That's a great tie-in right there. Man, that's beautiful. In essence, but for the Postal Service's improper utilization of the DOAS numbers, a hostile working environment would not have been created. And he sustained it. So there you go. There's your grievance starter and a great arbitration site to go with grieving these TV screens, then putting up restricted information, which is our route data. Okay, a very good grievance starter. I cannot thank them enough on that Discord for coming up with that. Uh, get them together and we'll start doing more of those. <laughs> All right, and I'll read them on here to you. Uh, so that's the episode for this week. Told you, very short, but I've got priorities. And my priorities are arbitration and trying to get an individual's job back. Going to have a difficult time. I have JB, though. That's my wild card. That's my ace up my sleeve when I have JB. He's good. But we've been busy lately, very busy. So there's the episode next week. Don't know what I'm going to do, but we'll do something else. We'll talk about something, right? <laughs> All right. Hey, I love every one of y'all. Y'all grieve these things. Let me know how it goes. All right. Keep me posted and I'll start sharing it here uh, on, on air. If you have settlements come back in your favor, let me know. I'll read those for everybody. Okay. And we'll be as educated as we can when these things come down. Forget the business agents. They're not going to help us. They're not going to participate in it. Uh, they're too busy drinking with each other and kissing each other's ass. We'll do it here. Okay. And so um, anytime there's a topic, we'll just start putting grievance starters out from majorarbitration.com. How's that sound? And, and we'll grieve them here. Uh, y'all have a fantastic rest of the week. Y'all be safe out there, and I'll talk to y'all next Sunday. All right, bye.